Hey everybody, welcome to the Greg and Dave Show, episode 45, season 2. If you want to reach out to us, you know, at the Greg and Dave Show at Outlook.com, the Greg, letter N, Dave Show at Outlook.com. Some stuff we didn't get to last week, so I had to throw it away because it was just you know how the news cycle is. But there's one here I want to read out. It's, it's just probably a headline more than it is anything else. And it says, uh, it's from the Daily Signal by Greg Keller, January 23. Hamas's savagery unites divided Israelis against common enemy. And this made me think of our 9-11. You know, because they, they got, it's pretty messed up over there too with with conservatives and liberals. And, and I remember when 9-11 happened here, we had Republicans and Democrats holding hands and singing Kumbaya. I mean, seriously, you remember that? I do. So it's sad that it takes a lot of lives to unite. Anyway, that's all I had on that. Why you should rethink flying United Airlines. Now, we touched on this a lot, haven't we? Yeah, sure did. I mean, we touched on it as far as, like, in general as a whole for all airlines. This guy, Dennis Prager, you heard of him? Prager, you? Yep. January 30th, Daily, Sig- Daily Signal. In 2021, United Airlines released the following statement, quote, Our flight deck should reflect the diverse group of people on board our planes every day. That's why we plan for 50% of the 5,000 pilots we train in the next decade to be women or people of color, close quote, a.k.a. no whiteies. United CEO Scott Kirby says the bottom line is clear. It will no longer be merit alone that determines who half of United's pilots in training will be. It will be race and sex or gender, as the left prefers to call it. Despite the New York Times and the rest of the left defending United, there is no other honest conclusion to draw. So he's saying he flies 100 times a year, often on United, that by the end of 24, he will have flown a million miles. He's the second. He's at the second highest level of United Airlines flyers, premium, platinum. And that, but now he's saying he's going to do his best to avoid flying United. And he's going to avoid, he's going to get rid of his United Visa card. And he's all asking all Americans to do the same. Because he's saying, well, if we don't join together, and other airline airlines will follow suit. Yeah, I agree with that, but I've never flown United Air line and i've kind of heard about them before this and haven't chosen to flow fly with them he says united is particularly a woke company one left-wing observer gary left that's cute gary left writing on view from the wing.com quote united was out way ahead of the biden administration with vaccine mandates and this angered many pilots close quote Fly United, well, hopefully that's the only airline that's going to be putting people's lives at risk, but we talked about air traffic control and what's going on there and the airplanes that have already met in the air and the people have already died. I'd definitely be curious to see if they will follow through with that because a lot of these these companies, they do these virtue signaling deeds or make these statements and then when the camera is off and no one's looking, they quietly walk it back, hmm. change position. So I'd, I'd be very curious to see because this is going to have an impact on their passengers. No question about it. Like a target thing? A like, target strike or a bud light, getting bud lighted? Yeah, or? people just won't fly with them. <laughs> I mean, as long as there are options 
Uh, yeah, hopefully. And they're paying attention. Sheriff's deputy who aided Roseanne Boylan on January 6th faces up to 14 years in prison. This is by the Epic Times from January 31st. If you don't remember, Roseanne Boyland was murdered by the Metro DC police. So he was there. He was trying to help her, but they shot a um, smoke pellet point blank into her chest, and then they it was she was trampled. You know, anything related to January 6th is usually a hot topic. This guy, he's a sheriff, okay? He was there wearing his body armor and a body cam, or his body cam. He was hit in the head with a steel riot stick. He tried to help a downed D.C. officer. Even the rioters were mad at him for doing that because the crowd shouted insults at him for assisting the officer, calling him a traitor, and the body cam has all this and he's telling them no be quiet get back now this uh, evidence was played over and over and there was no denying that there was a voice saying i'm helping you and that's talking about mr maccabee the sheriff helping this downed officer the sentencing recommendation is boosted by enhancements because mr maccabee wore reinforced motorcycle gloves which prosecutors contend are quote, deadly or dangerous weapons, close quote. No evidence was brought out at trial that Mr. McAbee used the reinforced face of the gloves against anyone. At first, the prosecution tried to say that the gloves were brass knuckles. Anyway, this is a typical January 6th thing where if you're a person of upstanding morals, then you are going to be prosecuted by the Fourth Reich. Is it a moral case or just where they're Think it has anything to do with no, 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 no. This is just like uh, you're a conservative or a Trump supporter, and we hate Trump, so we hate you. That's that's the only logic here. And of course, you know the the D.C. area is just a, a sanctuary of liberals, whether it be prosecutors or judges, and they're all together. So you're not going to get a fair trial. Uh, it's just going to be a mock trial. This is where we're at. Yeah, this is where we're at. Just know that ahead of time. And because of stuff like this, it's all the more reason to have to get your Jesus on. Right? I mean, think about it. Because you're either going to lash it back at violence, is what they want. Or you got to, and if you want to have any kind of peace about this, you're going to have to have some big time Jesus in your heart because this is just infuriating. This is gross injustice, gross unfairness. And it doesn't look like it's going to stop or slow down. Does it? No, I don't think it would. Um, next one here. Trillions spent on climate change based on faulty temperature data, climate experts say. Another one by the Epic Times. January, or excuse me, February 1st. To preserve a livable planet, quote-unquote, the Earth can't warm more than 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. The UN warns failure to maintain this is, is going to cause catastrophes, increased droughts, weather-related disasters, heat-related illness, deaths, less food, more poverty, blah, blah, blah. In 21 and 22, the world's taxpayers spend on average $1.3 trillion on such projects. That's the biggest con game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Despite the money pouring in, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, reported that 2023 was the hottest year on record. NOAA's climate monitoring stations found that the Earth's average land and ocean surface temperature in 23 was 1.35 degrees Celsius above the pre-industrial average. Quote, not only was 23 the warmest year in NOAA's 174-year climate record, it was the warmest by far, close quote, says Sarah Kapnick, NOAA's chief scientist. Here's the good news. But a growing chorus of climate scientists are saying the temperature readings are faulty and that the trillions of dollars pouring in are based on a problem that doesn't exist. More than 90% of NOAA's temperature monitoring stations have a heat bias, according to Anthony Watts, W-A-T-T-S, a meteorologist, senior fellow for environment and climate at the Heartland Institute, author of climate website Watts. W-A-T-T-S, what's up with that? We've talked about him before. Um, and the director of study that examined NOAA's climate stations. What their findings were is that the place where they have their sensors is an urban heat island effect that causes higher temperatures in areas where there are more buildings, roads, and other forms of infrastructure that absorb and then radiate the sun's heat according to the EPA. Consequently, or temperatures in the urban areas are, are usually 1 to 7 degrees higher. NOAA requires all its climate observation stations to be located at least 100 feet away from elements such as concrete, asphalt, and buildings. Wow, there's a lot more to that article, but you kind of get the idea that, uh, you kind of see how they're getting their data. What's the benefit of these, these institutions, these organizations? I can't see anything that they bring to the table that improves hi chloe we're recording improves the quality okay no man there's no benefit at least now at some point i guess there was some science to this like predictions and preparations based on real science and real meteorology but this uh ideology is kind of taken over uh this next one the daily signal rikers rape case shows female prisoners are voiceless victims of gender ideology february 2nd there are as yet no such victories for another class of victims who lack a natural political constituency to protect them which are female prisoners there's a lawsuit that just filed against new york department of corrections saying a former female prisoner in Rikers Rose M. Singer Women's Jail says she was groped and raped by a male prisoner in 2022. The suit alleges that perpetrator told a prisoner mate, a prison mate, he claimed to be transgender or trans just so he could gain access to women. A correction officer allegedly even coached the defendant on how to get transferred. Two female guards also earned are named as defendants accused of ignoring complaints about the male prisoner in question. Authorities should ensure only true trans men enjoy the company of women prisoners and weed out the clinical sex-starved fakers. Uh, as New Jersey learned the hard way, a man who identifies as a woman can impregnate two fellow female inmates. Subject, subjective states of mind don't trump biology. Hmm. So here's one comment I want to ask, or a question I want to ask 
you guys, is this a bad thing? Is it is this a bad thing that female prisoners are being raped by male prisoners? And you might think that's kind of harsh, right? And they, they bury these cases. Like, there's so many mm. incidents of this happening. It's not even funny. And outside of mainstream or any art, uh, outlet affiliated subsidiary of uh, mainstream uh, network corporation, you will not hear about this. And it's amazing to me. These are the people that call themselves the champions of women's rights women's right to choose and and all of this stuff and yet the only victims in this are women and they have no problem with it no problem so these female prisoners are victims of liberal democrat policies right i mean is there another way to say that is that untrue no it's not i mean where are they like you said nowhere I i think you have enough to worry about in prison to have to worry about this on top of it but it it really is it's really unthinkable can you imagine if this stuff was around when we were kids do you know how many women i would have impregnated back in the day um i identify as a female so i'll be staying in the female dorms and and this is the thing, right? So from my understanding of it, they're not even requiring any commitment to be clean that they're identifying as a woman. Now that's kind of this article goes into more detail yeah. about that exact fact. Yeah, because they're, they're not even not, clinically being yeah, tested. I mean, but not only that, but they're not cutting their penises off and saying they're women, right? So. They're just making this declaration, and then they're like, sure, here, go in the woman's You know, that brings up a really good point. What if you gave the male prisoner a choice? So, yes, you can go into the female prison after your penis is removed. Yeah. Let's see what happens Let's then. Let's see what happens then. <laughs> Let's uh, see what happens then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can get, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, hell no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I just want to read this headline. Oregon Supreme Court blocks 10 Republicans from running for re-election. That's it. What else do you want to say? You know, here you are. You're in a liberal state. And you wake up one day. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Um, Republicans aren't going to run for re-election. I've decided. Really? That's all I have to say. The title just, you know. What else can you say? What else do you want to say? What else is it that needs to be said? They just decide, uh, yeah, we're not, no, no, let's see, what countries do that? Dictatorship countries? Communist countries? All right. CDC and WHO issues alerts for return of another ancient disease. This is from Epic Times, but facts matter. February 3rd. As illegal aliens are streaming into this country, seemingly all of a sudden, we're beginning to see outbreaks of diseases that we assumed were defeated decades ago. There's a rise in leprosy and measles. And we've talked about the measles one. Now, if you're not familiar with Facts Matter, Roman, what's his name? Just the pen guy is what I call him. If you've ever watched him, you know what I'm talking about. 
Um, have you ever watched him? Yeah. The pen, you know, pen, like pen. Well, this is a pencil. Um, I think he might be a functioning autistic. No, I really don't know. I'm just playing. Uh, but he is obsessed with having a pen in his hand when he talks. Anyway, uh, but he's, everything he says is true and straight, and he's got facts to back it up. So that that is a fascinating thing to me. So I don't follow this very closely, but I do try to keep the temperature on it with these re-emerging diseases, and I've come to the conclusion that there is. So I I'm of the view that. The Lord's judgment can come in one of two ways. One is a natural consequence of uh, your actions. Mm -hmm. And the other is him actively levying judgment on a people or a person. The natural consequence is an interesting one. Because if you live lawlessly, there are going to be consequences. You're promiscuous. You highly susceptible to STDs and, and anything else. Drugs, alcohol, all of these things in excess uh, at all have their natural consequence. It's not God actively moving against you and saying, take this back. You do this, this will happen. Yeah. Um, but I do think those are the two categories that, and there might be more, um, but those are the two that I can think of that his judgment falls in. This resurgence of diseases has started happening probably about three, four years ago. I'm not saying that to be funny, but I think one of the first ones that I remember hearing about was scarlet fever a few years ago. And I was like, where did that come from? When last have <laughs> you heard about scarlet fever? And it was not an isolated incident uh, I realized there were other diseases measles was another one um, I think there's somebody one from that was oh my goodness I mean something from medieval times I, I, I leprosy mean, it, no it wasn't leprosy it was something else but if you look into it you'll see it was by far an isolated instance or one off thing so I got curious about this I was having a discussion with some uh, sister from church about this not too long ago and there it was another outbreak of some sort and i asked her i was like plagues like do you think it's a plague and she she said i i'm not sure but I, hmm. I i have to look and see so i gave her some articles and stuff to go look into and of course line that up with what the scripture says but the thing that got me you see when the leprosy started popping up that was proof positive for me because leprosy is historically tied to an outward manifestation of sin mm. of this functional spiritual condition this was the disease in the bible that was a direct byproduct of sin for whatever reason and hmm. they were treated as such, right? They were ostracized. Uh, if they were coming through the city, they had to move unclean, aside. Unclean, unclean. There you go, right? I mean, they were completely ostracized. But there was always, without exception, a spiritual component to leprosy. And when that started popping up in the mix here, I'm like, huh. And to add insult to injury, the scripture does talk about 
plagues falling um, uh, upon the people of the earth in the last days. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am of the opinion that this lines very much with what the scripture record says. And these things are also direct consequences of bad governance. And bad governance is a direct consequence of people that have turned away from God because nations get the rulers that they deserve. Plain and mm -hmm. simple. Mm -hmm. Faithful nations are blessed with righteous rulers, competent rulers, and pagan nations and unfaithful nations, spiritually of course, are given rulers akin to their dysfunctional state. And just look at Israel. Every time Israel strayed, look at who they ended up under. Whenever they did right with God, God rose someone up and put them over them. This is true for the kings. This is true for the judges. This is true for the prophets that he sent. So without exception, uh, this has proven to be the case. But this, there's something going on here with these diseases that have certainly reappeared. Yeah, and it, if you don't want to look at it from a spiritual perspective, you can just look at it from byproduct of, like you said, bad governance, bad decisions. So let's open the border. And a lot of countries don't have the medical advancements that we have where we've uh, squashed a lot of these, you know, diseases. But we're letting in all these people who don't have that opportunity that we have to be in vaccinated at birth. And so now we're getting to see some of the consequences of that all right this is a this is a sidebar this is a break from the this is just bizarre but interesting divers find two thousand year old computer that calculated position of sun moon planets like clockwork this is from the epic times by michael wing february 4 a lump of corroded metal was pulled from the ocean floor in 1901 along with an extraordinary cache of monumental Greek art artifacts. Smallpox. Smallpox. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Found near the Greek island of Antikythera, so upon investigation, researchers determined it to be a piece of advanced ancient technology. They classified the object as, quote-unquote, analog computer, some 2,000 years old. So... Uh, Antikythera is an island between Crete and Lysonia or Laconia. So there's this Greek, Greek shipwreck and of cash, and then there's all these uh, art stuff, and then they find this mechanism uh, spotted among it. And there's this archaeologist Velo Valorius Stais, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, examined it more closely in 1902 and identified a gear. He determined it to be a hand-powered astronomical clock, first known analog computer that could calculate cosmic events far beyond what was possible to figure out manually. Now, as they delve into this further, 37 separate meshing bronze gears, each with fine triangular teeth are hidden behind metal dials and housed within a bronze and wood frame roughly the size of a shoebox. Seven fragments are mechanically significant, while 16 smaller parts were determined to bear inscriptions in ancient Greek. It was mainly due to advances in x-ray imaging 
during the last 50 years that these revelations about have come about. In 1974, the gamma ray examinations helped catalog 82 individual pieces. This machine could add, subtract, multiply, and divide, but it could also do much more computing, much more computing cosmic events. Researchers suggest that the astronomical device might have been made in Syracuse on the island of Sicily, mainly because calendrical markers on its dials point to the colonies of Corinth, of which Syracuse was one. In 2008, the Antikythera Mechanism Research Project proposed a link between the device and the philosopher Archimedes, who is from Syracuse. However, there are other theories. It came from Rhodes, and was built by the Stoic philosopher Posidonus. Posidonus. Because there's vases in the ship's cargo originate from that particular Greek island. Anyway, they say the ship sank around 70 to 60 BC. And they placed the device uh, to be around 150 to 200 BC. All I could say is this makes me think of a video game called Assassin's Creed. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was interesting. So there's a lot out there that we don't know that we think we know how much more stuff is below the surface of or how much is in the ocean depths i don't know it's it's as if god allows us to discover these things in certain times yeah they're testimonies uh, absolutely the archaeologist is going to be your friend if you're a bible believer you will never disprove scripture uh there's a documentary on ancient apocalypse and the story of this is pretty interesting because uh, when it was advertised like they really because you know they'll have like their montage of upcoming series and new shows and whatnot and they have suggested viewing based on the interest but sometimes if it's a really good whatever they'll suggest it regardless of what your your interests um, of viewing history is and this was one of them ancient apocalypse they advertised it i guess by netflix standards so when it came out i, I think i watched this last year uh, so i watched it had it in my list and then after watching it i think within a week it got rave reviews it was top 10 most recommended one of the most liked uh, yeah, it, it was doing well by metrics across the board and then it just disappeared. Couldn't find it. Yeah. Couldn't find it. And so I, I thought like, did it go away that quickly? But no, what you had to do is you had to go actively search. For it. And so normally, like once you start typing, right, they'll start making suggestions based on the level. You had to type the entire thing in for it to come up. And that was fascinating because the guy's not a Christian. He funded this whole documentary himself. Uh, he funded the the expeditions, the travels, everything was on his dime. And everything that he found, archaeological proof, evidence of, aligned with the biblical record. And he also looked at ancient civilizations across the world that have their version or variation of the biblical hmm. account of the flood. Which is absolutely fascinating. Hmm. I mean, every detail is the same except the players. Hmm. Um, and it's a fascinating thing. But what happens was it 
started to validate the scripture because when you hear about the great flood everyone knows about Noah, but not everyone might know about gilgamesh not everyone might know about the indian version of that story Hmm. or the chinese version of that story but they all know noah (laughs) right so when they see this event and across all civilizations for thousands of years there's been unanimous agreement there was a flood (laughs) and the after effects point to it and he also had there's an episode in there where he talks about atlantis Mm. or what they have found in the area atlantis is believed to be in and some of the discoveries that he found were absolutely astonishing like there were roadways where trenches were carved for like a cart that a horse or something would pull but they were monstrous as if for something gigantic in size i mean it was absolutely astonishing things that he found in mountains and and things that appear to be hand carved as opposed to cut out with tools and and like you're seeing it so you have to either fish or cut bait right (laughs) at that point but to your point you're absolutely right i do believe that these things are divinely ordered revelations that give credence and testify to god's word they found a couple years ago they found kaifas they found his ossuary his bone box in a tomb in israel found a seal from king david his official seal and it says um something david yell david or something but it had his official signature and his title's name david king of israel on it and i think there is one ultimate artifact that is yet to be revealed i think it is the ark Mm. these devils raise hell when that exhibit in kentucky opened of the ark you heard about it right Mm -mm. there's a guy in kentucky he and his wife built a life-size replica of the ark oh wow and people from all over the country and the world have been traveling to kentucky to see it Hmm. and they tried to shut that thing down these liberals Hmm. i mean they were mad over this they were like no 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 we can't have this of course nothing came of their efforts but when that is made known that (laughs) that's game over right there (laughs) you know so i 100 percent agree with uh, with your premise that these things are being made available for us to see based on the timing and god's infinite wisdom mm-hmm. absolutely that's pretty incredible uh, this next one it's called first outbreak of deadly fungal infection confirmed in washington state officials say by Epic Health, February 4. Uh, They say that this has been on on the rise across the United States in recent years. Officials in King County, Washington, said in a statement on Tuesday that an outbreak involving three patients infected by Candida auris, or C. auris, was reported at Kindred Hospital in Seattle beginning in mid-January. Another case was detected on January 26th at a nursing home in nearby Snohomish, 
county officials said. So it says this is the first outbreak of deadly fungal infection, but it goes on to say between 2019 and 2021, the city said 17 states identified their first cases, which clinical cases rising from nationwide from 476 in 2019 to 1400 in 2021. Quote, Sque- screening cases tripled from 2020 to 2021 for a total of 4,000, close quote, the CDC said. Now, the reason for the increase is because of the upcoming election. Uh, no, it doesn't say that, but uh, the reason for the increase the agency added is due to a multitude of factors such as poor practices around general general infection prevention and control of health care facilities and also possibly due to an increase in reporting and detecting causes. C. Aris was first identified in 2009 in Japan. CDC classifies the infection as an urgent public health issue because the fungus is often resistant to multiple antifungal drugs spreads easily in healthcare facilities and can cause severe infection with high death rates. Now, what if they had said those same things about COVID-19? Because as we're finding out, isn't COVID-19 kind of the same thing? I mean, couldn't you say that uh, often resist to multiple antifungal drugs spreads easily in healthcare facilities? You could say any virus so yeah, anyway you just let me let me back up for just a second here multiple antifungal drugs resistance easily spread through healthcare facilities and can cause severe infections with high death rates all right that, that's a period after that the very next sentence in quotation in general crs is not a threat to healthy people close quote so i you could i think you could just take out the the CRS and put in a COVID-19 if they would have been honest. You know, because I've I've heard, I've read that there's a lot of infections in hospitals. There's a lot of ways to get infected. I don't know. I feel like they're saying this to try to get away from or try to set us up for, yeah, we got to do whatever. We got to change the voting again. I don't know. This seems like they want these diseases to have their reasons to modify elections. 55 lawsuits alleging side effects from weight loss drugs centralized in single litigation. So if you're a health fit person and you are like to take shortcuts like drugs, Epic Times, February 4th, a judicial panel centralized several lawsuits filed against weight loss drugs like Ozempic and and Wagovi, alleging that the medication failed to warn about potential gastrointestinal side effects. Folks, I gotta tell you this. Human beings are literally full of shit. At any given time, there's two to three pounds of shit in your intestinal tract. And if this medicine causes you to vacate the bowels in a rapid manner, then you're going to see some quick pound loss, rapid results, and you'll be like, hmm, I guess this stuff works. Anyway, boy, it goes deep, deep into medical jargon that I'm not going to go into, but uh, you can check that out. Hey, Dave and I, we're at the gym a lot. We just do it the old-fashioned way. We work out at the gym four days a week at least, and then we try to eat right and drink a lot of water. There's no healthy shortcut. All right, former Trump administration official Mike Gill 
dies after being shot in D.C. carjacking spree. Just the news, Madeline Hubbard, February 4. That's a very set rich feel. Mm-hmm. So Gill passed away days after he was shot during a carjacking spree in Washington, D.C. Hmm. You know, I, such a safe place. I've always wondered in a strongly why Democrat area. Democratic politicians don't get more. Well, actually, you know, I take that back because there have been a few incidents lately. And when I say lately, I think within the last six months where some of these Democrats, so I, I guess I have to take that back. It, it's, it's happened lately. Uh, to be fair. So, yeah. Dogs off the leash, I guess. (laughs) The question is, uh, how bad does it have to get before they wake up? So, he was a married, he was married with father of three. He served as the Commodity Futures Trading Commission Chief of Staff and Chief Operating Officer under former President Donald Trump. He passed away after he was shot Monday in downtown D.C. Gill was sitting in his car Monday when suspect Artel Cunningham, guess how old he is? 40 something. 28. Entered his vehicle and shot him shortly before 6 p.m. Officials said Cunningham attempted to steal another vehicle later in the evening and approached other people and demanded their keys. During the carjacking spree, Cunningham allegedly shot and killed Alberto Vasquez Jr., a 35-year-old father of two young daughters, about a mile and a half away from where Gill was shot. Metro Police. Who is it? Bowser? She must be so proud of the control that she has on crime. Police later shot and killed Cunningham. Hmm. The incident comes after the Just Injustice Department earlier this month announced it would send more resources to combat violent crime in Washington, D.C. Yes, more resources, more safety, more trusts in the government. We'll take care of you like we took care of Mr. Gill here. Or good news. IRS to boost enforcement workforce by 40% end of 2024. This is Epic Times, February 5th. So by the fiscal year end 2024, IRS plans to boost enforcement staff by a net 5,462 employees. Out of that, 5,462 net additions, 4,704 will be revenue agents who are tasked with conducting, quote, face-to-face audits of more complex natures, close quote. The tax agency intends to add a net 493 special agents for the year who are armed. The IRS employed 89,767 people by the end of fiscal year 23. And they say it's due to, the reason they were doing this is because of a tax gap. What is a tax gap? A tax gap is the difference between taxes owed and taxes paid. That's your tax gap. Now, uh, Representative from Michigan, Lisa McLean, says that their focus is more on enforcement over improving taxpayer services. So there's quite a complaint from the citizenry that the wait time on hold for IRS help is huge. So they get tired of waiting. They hang up. They are busy. They got other things to do. And then that allows them to slip further into the clutches of the IRS. There's concerns that the IRS enforcement on individuals making less than 400000 per year. And that, that, my folks, is the majority of the American citizenry. Overwhelming majority. So, 
Mm -hmm. So there you go. Libs voted for this. I hope that you're going to be excited and just so overjoyed when these agents come to you and you make less than 400000 a year. So the reason for that, obviously, is if you make over that, then you can afford lawyers to give the IRS the finger. But since you don't make this much, the IRS can give you the finger. In fact, they could just bend you straight over and not even offer any Vaseline. So there you go. Keep voting Democrat. It is sad to say, you know, what's it take for people to wake up. Remember how coffee was good? Coffee's bad. Coffee's good. Coffee's bad. Coffee consumption as a preventative measure against COVID-19. Infections and depression. Epic Health by Amber Yang and Jojo Novis. February 5th. Daily moderate coffee consumption reduces the risk of cardiovascular disease and cancer-related mortality, combats depression and anxiety, and aids the body in resisting COVID-19 infection. Hmm, that might have been useful a while back. It says, can we fight against bacterial invasion with simply daily dietary choices? Jinja Zhang, emeritus professor at the National Taiwan University College of Medicine with years of research experience, says that we can. A study published in Cell and Bioscience in November 23 found that drinking approximately one or two cups of coffee daily is sufficient to inhibit the infection of multiple variants of COVID-19. Coffee tests were done in this study, and they pulled it from Laos, Honduras, Indonesia, Guatemala, and the U.S. And for instant coffee, they pulled it from Japan, Brazil, and Germany. Decaffeinated coffee was pulled from Japan. All the coffee types were confirmed to possess the ability to inhibit virus infection in cells. Adding milk or sugar does not reduce the effectiveness of this coffee. So they just go through here and talk about study after study after study to support their claim. Study found that protective mechanism of coffee against COVID-19 involves inhibiting the binding of the virus's spike protein with human angiotensin converting enzyme 2, or ACE2 for short, and reducing the activity of transmembrane serine protease 2. I don't even want to give you the initials for that. It's kind of longer than what I just said and cathepsin L, thereby preventing the virus from infecting cells. Co-pound, co-pounds, the compounds associated are chlorogenic acid, caffeine, quinic acid, mag, mangiferin. I hope you're writing all these down. Be a test later. Uh, another study, more cups of coffee per day, 10% reduction in the risks of infection for COVID-19. I wonder what's going on here. Mr. Zhang stated that apart from his role in preventing cancer and cardiovascular diseases, regular moderate coffee drinking is beneficial for improving metabolism, reducing inflammation, alleviating gout and diabetes risks, and even extending your lifespan. The mechanisms by which coffee improves health conditions are not fully understood. (laughs) I love how they do this all the time. They go straight into the benefits and list them all out, and then they say, but it's not fully understood. In the very next sentence. Uh, but they, they're pretty sure it's a, they can uh, cause a reduction in inflammatory factors. David Furman, Stanford Institute for Immunology Transplantation and Infection, stated more than 90% of all non-communicable diseases of aging are associated with chronic inflammation. Uh, so they can help cure uh, disease, not cure, maybe prevent disease, osteoarthritis, Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia and can and even depression cured or you know help with depression 
Mr. Zhang noted that it gives you longevity of life, and that's linked to bioactive compounds present in coffee, such as chlorogenic acid, caffeic acid, trigonellin, and cafestol, and, uh, and melanotitis, melanotins form during the roasting process. Uh, anyway, if you add milk, that combat that helps in your coffee that helps combat depression. I don't know. It's just remember we were told coffee was bad, caffeine bad. Now it's good. Alcohol's bad. Now nah, one drink here is good. Biden admin walks back claim it notified Iraq strikes. Civilian deaths reported. Epic Times by Andrew Thornbrook. February 5th. Biden admin said on February 5th it did not inform Iraqi leadership that it would bomb targets in the nation as part of its retaliation for a drone attack in Jordan that killed three U.S. service members. White House officials previously told reporters Iraq had been notified of the strikes but changed that position after Iraqi officials accused the United States of killing civilians. State Department Deputy Spokesperson Vidant Patel clarify that the administration did not tell Iraq officials about the strikes until after they occurred. Mm-hmm. So there was not a pre-notification. We informed the Iraqis immediately after the strikes occurred, says Mr. Patel. But however, this goes against what White House National Security Council loser spokesperson John Kirby told reporters on Friday when he said, we did inform the Iraqi government prior to discharge. What a grotesque word to use. Discharge. The admin's walkback follows a contentious few days in Iraq-U.S. relations in which the Iraqi government has accused the U.S. of violating its sovereignty, killing its security forces and civilians. Pentagon spokesperson person Major General Pat Ryder denied that Iraqi security forces were targeted. Oh, Trump's going to get us into all these wars. Boo, 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 boo. Here we are. Biden pissing off all the countries. Lastly, UN UN says melting Arctic ice is a key indicator of climate change. But it's not happening. Epic Times by Katie Spence, February 6th. Bad news for years. We've been told bad news for polar bears, the IPCC, UN organization, increasing carbon or CO2, greenhouse emissions, blah, 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 tears, tears, tears. Quote, we project an ice-free Arctic in September under all scenarios considered, close quote, a scientific report highlighting IPCC's findings states. Quote, these results emphasize the profound impacts of greenhouse gas emissions on the Arctic, close quote. Goes on to say, all climate models are projecting an ice-free summer within the next 20 years. (laughs) Do you remember Ted? Yeah, you remember Ted Danson saying some stuff about the polar caps are going to be melted. And this was like back in the 70s, wasn't it? And we weren't going to make it this far. Anyway, this guy says uh, what he says. Ron Kwok, a senior research scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. He said this in July 2013. It's not very far away. Yeah, because NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab has a lot to do with climate change. However, a new report by Alan Astrup Jensen the research director and CEO at the Nordic Institute of Product Sustainability and Environmental Chemistry and Taxology in Denmark. These are really big titles. Shows that from September 2007 through September 2023, Arctic, Arctic sea ice declines were near zero. Calm down, man. Like you said, it is the biggest 
biggest con. Quote, the facts are that the Arctic sea ice extent measured by satellites since 1978 expresses annual variations and it has declined considerably from 1997 to 2007. However, before that time period from 1978 to 1996, the downward trend was, trend was minimal. And in the last 17 years from 2007 to 23, the downward trend has also been about zero, report states. Therefore, this is a quote, there is no indication that we should expect the Arctic Sea summer ice to disappear completely as predicted in one or two decades. Close quote. Mr. Jensen told the Epic Times that the IPCC, which is the UN's organization, excludes the possibility that the sea ice extent may expand in the future and even reach levels from before 1996. That is because they believe that the driver of the ice of the sea ice extent is the predicted warming by rising CO2 levels in the troposphere. Oh my god. Anyway, it goes on to debunk the UN and its BS. Uh, yeah. Oh, he, he ends by saying they are brainwashed by the many alarmist news articles telling about a decrease in the Arctic sea ice and by their great respect for the UN organization. But it's nice to know that more and more scientists are standing up against the BS. I think they were always there. Well, yeah, you're probably right. They were always there, but because of not getting funding, because of losing your license like you've talked about, um, they were scared yeah, out. I mean, and especially with scientists, research scientists at that, funding is... That's their bread and butter. So if they don't get money, they can't do research. And that is their profession, research. So they've always had that held over their heads. In addition to that, you have more avenues to get your voice out now that didn't exist before. So, which is why we do it. Because there have been scientists that have been saying these things for just as long as the climate Nazis have been pushing this whole global warming thing. And then... They quietly change the term. They don't use that anymore. It's now climate change, right? It gets hot, climate change. It gets cold, climate change. Yeah. So a very moving scale that uh, can't be pinned down for one thing or the other. But yeah, good, good, good for them. So folks, with all the craziness out there, like we've said in the past, make sure that you have a strong foundation, Jesus Christ and his word. Can't emphasize enough about getting more into his word so that you have a greater foundation because it's only going to get more crazy. So that's it for now, folks. Thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging in there. Stay in tune. Stay in touch. Reach out to us at the Greg and Dave Show at Outlook.com. The Greg Letter and Dave Show at Outlook.com. Until next time, stay safe.